Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining me today. If you're uh, catching this show live, uh, we will uh, go to, we'll open up the phone lines in uh, about a half hour into the show. The show is an hour today, so we will open those phone lines. Um, you're also welcome to, to jump into the chat room if you have any questions of my guest today as well. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into uh, Snake Oil Radio, uh, I am uh, Jim Ventura. I'm a uh, columnist and a writer, and uh, professionally I am uh, what I call a navigational consultant, and I help guide people with uh, astrology, numerology, tarot, all kinds of good stuff uh, that I've worked with for many, many years, and I do uh, sessions in person and by phone. Um, snake Oil is uh, kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek response to people often perceiving uh, alternative healing and, and perspectives of snake oil. So I want to play along with the game. So uh, I do do a monthly column, uh, and I, that's normally the first show of each month. I'll, I'll read my column on air and open up the phone lines for questions, comments. Uh, second uh, Thursday of the month, uh, which is uh, today, of course, is uh, my special guest interview show. So uh, I've actually got two guests here today, uh, both from the same location, so I'm going to bring them on here in a minute, and we're going to do a little interview and talk about the work that they do. Um, again, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to uh, throw them up in the uh, chat room. Uh, we won't be typing uh, while we're on air, so we'll answer anything uh, uh, live uh, via the uh, phone here. And again, I'll open up those phone lines in about a half hour after we uh, kick the interview off. So today I have uh, uh, Wendy and uh, Denny from uh, Peaceful Roots uh, here. Uh, welcome, uh, both of you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Uh, good to have you. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys talk a little bit about um, uh, what what Peaceful Roots is, uh, so uh, people have some uh, awareness of um, what you guys are doing here. So either of you take the stage here and give us a breakdown. Um, okay, so well, Peaceful Roots is um, it's a kind of a self discovery holistic um, place where um, we teach people how to um, follow their path on the journey of life um, with some tools to help them get out of the chaotic mind um, and into the present moment to experience, you know, really the beauty of what life has to offer. Um, we do this by teaching people um, about their bodies, um, how the bodies work, why they perform the way they perform. Um, we teach, talk about nutrition and how um, what we eat affects not only how our body is physically, but how our emotions come from the chemicals and the foods that we put into our bodies and how the mind reacts to the emotions and the chemicals that come into our body. We also um, teach people how to get all of that disorganized, chaotic, whirlwind mind out of their system and maybe into a journal so that they can start to analyze and look at what's causing, um, you know, emotional distress or repetitive negative behavior patterns or these types of things. Um, Wendy, what do you, what do you think we do? Yeah, a lot of it is 
working with then healing from inside out in that um, both of us, Vinny and I are both personal trainers and yoga teachers, and we look at holistic personal training, and both of us have had enough experience um, to understand that anybody can teach you how to exercise and how to eat healthy, but until you really address the root issues, it will continue to bubble up to the surface over the years. And so what we look at is getting down to the root of the issues and and healing from that space so that the entire body can be healthy, more energetic, more juicy, succulent, alive, and and be able to fully participate in the adventure of life. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you already triggering a couple of questions that I that I, I think I want to bring up for both of you here. But um, I, I'd like you to uh, one of you uh, tell tell everybody where you're located and and how you can be reached. We'll do that a little bit later on. I'd like to say we always have two spots for what I call the shameless plug. So <laughs> fire away and let everybody know where they can reach you if they're local here. Sure, shameless plug number one. Uh, we are website hosted at um, peacefulroots.com so it's the www.peaceful p-e-a-c-e-f-u-l roots r-o-o-t-s dot com um, and we're in central Phoenix it's on 7th Avenue just south of Camelback and our phone number if you want to grab us is area code 602-277-0118 and finally you can also get us on email which is info i-n-f-o at peacefulroots.com. Excellent, excellent. Okay, good. We'll, we'll we'll put that in a little later on also, too, because sometimes people kind of jump in and out of the show while we're here. If you're, uh, if you're calling in, I, I notice we're getting a couple of callers. If you're calling in, I'm going to uh, answer those uh, phone calls in order of who called in first. But, again, we're looking at about 15, 20 minutes before I'm going to take calls. Okay, guys, so I need you to be patient if you're calling in. And, again, uh, you're welcome to... Uh, comment and, and ask questions in the chat room as well, too. But, again, I'll get to the caller list uh, shortly. I want to talk to uh, Danny and Wendy a bit before we kind of let you guys open up the phone lines here. So, uh, okay, so, you know, a couple of things. Um, I think uh, I, I'm familiar with, with the work that you, you both do. So you're both personal trainers, and um, you also do uh, yoga as well. Are, are you guys the sole uh, people in the studio? Do you have other people there as well? Um, we have one other person that trains out of the studio. Um, he does small group training one night a week, um, and that's James Clayman, who you'd find on our trainers page of the website. And um, what we have going on right now is we're in the middle of a 12-week fit club, um, which we can talk about a little bit, but also involved in the 12-week fit club on the terms of the training side are two new personal trainers, Elaine Foster and Mike Schneider, who have um, come on for the 12-week Fit Club as apprentices to the Fit Club for both Wendy and I, but also as um, students of the Fit Club to go through the program to see what it's actually like. Uh, That's great. Yeah, I've caught... No, that's fine. Um, we have also on staff one more person um, for mental health benefits should stuff arise. That's a little bit too deep for us to um, field, and that's um, James Kelleher, who is a licensed psychotherapist. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Okay, excellent. Yeah, I've uh, you know I think uh, we'll, we'll kind of start off a little bit by talking about this Fit Club thing. I think uh, you know I've I've saw uh, uh, Denny's also uh, a writer for one of the local uh, magazines here, um, and I know I've seen a couple of his pieces in relation to the Fit Club idea. I'm sure certainly a lot of people are are interested in personal fitness at a physical level as well too. But you know obviously. Uh, emotional, psychological, and physical are all entwined. I, I constantly talk about that. But um, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the, the Fit Club? Wendy, you well, want to? It's a 12-week program <coughs> Pardon me. that um, we have it split up this time as a competition between the girls and the guys. So we have six women and six men who are competing on this. And the idea is that they want to change their life physically and emotionally. Um, and they have to apply for the process. So these are the 12 that have been chosen to participate. And over the course of the 12 weeks, they meet with Denny or I twice a week for their workouts, and then they all come together as a group on once a week for workshops. We do track day um once a month, we do a volunteer uh, service project once a month, and it's an opportunity for them to dive much, much deeper than you would if you were just going to an exercise class or if you were just working with a personal trainer. They have homework that they are required to do, um, from writing to meditation to affirmations, um, and it can get really deep and it can get really messy, and at some point in the process, they decide that they all don't like us, but then by the end, as they're seeing the, the change really take place, they're asking everybody to join us. So it's a really interesting right. process for both them and us. Uh, it, it sounds like a, a good combination because, you know, I mean, I, I, I often, when I, when I work with clients, I'm, I'm not a personal trainer, but, you know, I, I've worked with clients as well, helping them to kind of unravel the, you know, psychological, emotional elements of being overweight or um, you know, or or not eating well, or taking care of the self. There, there's so many interconnected issues to that as well. That I, I certainly think that a you know a multi-pronged approach toward healing that way is probably far more effective in that sense. Um, you know, I know. Uh, you know, I, I think I've, I've mentioned this. I don't remember if I talked about this before once, but I was never really a, a heavy kid myself or anything. But I was a little on the chubbier side when I was younger. And when I started lifting and exercising and and and, and getting and building muscle, um, what I found a lot of times if I if I gain extra fat, if I start to lose the weight, what ends up happening for me psychologically is I will if I start getting too lean, I start feeling like a little guy that people can push around. Hmm. And uh, I think that's an interesting psychology behind that. I start to feel like I'm becoming small, in that sense, which is probably the psychology why I originally wanted to put on. Uh, muscle, but I think for a lot of people, when they're heavy, also, you know, to me, sometimes I refer to to, to body fat in many ways as armor, in terms of, of protection. And what, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Absolutely. Uh, well, the first person who really taught me a, a great deal about this when I started going through certifications to do weight management was my mom, who has um, always been obese. And I asked her one day, could she even imagine herself not carrying the extra weight? And it took her a long time to answer, and she finally said, no, because 
I don't want the attention on me if I wasn't carrying the extra weight. And and that was the defining moment for me to realize what the many, many reasons that we use the weight as the protection mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that is, it's a great point. Uh, you know, many people, you know, I've caught this as well, too, where people will sometimes also, you know, it's interesting to me that you guys, you know, use the idea of peaceful roots. I think that's a great title um, in that sense to call the, you know, the studio that in that sense, because, again, a lot of these things are very, very rooted in people's, uh, you know, psychology in that sense. You know, I've talked and worked with people, and they're trying to lose weight, but they deeply believe that thinny, uh, thin, skinny people are fake, and they're, uh, they're, not, they're not, you know what I mean, they're shallow or they're hollow. So if, if a person doesn't, you know, want to ever be part of that category and that, that interconnection is going on there psychologically and emotionally, they won't allow themselves to, to lose the weight in that sense as well, too, because they don't want to become something that they resent in that respect as well. So I'm, I'm sure you guys have dealt with this type of thing in, in multiple ways. Uh, am, I, am I correct on that? Yeah, the, and another part about, you know, thinking that um, somebody that isn't like you um, may be shallow or, you know, you know, especially somebody that might be overweight that has these issues, it's an easy way to project um, feelings of self-punishment and self-blame onto another person because we don't know how to experience it any differently. And in order to actually do something about our own health, we actually have to look at ourselves and not look at another person. The comparison thing just keeps burying us deeper and deeper and deeper, and it's a pretty easy and quick escape route to take what's going on with you and say, oh, you know, I want to be, I, I want to be like this because I don't want to be like that person in, in terms of thinking them shallow. And it might be the fact that they're afraid of what they're going to find in themselves once they start taking off all of these layers. And the, the physical body, you know, really is a manifestation of a mind-emotion response. So there's a lot more going on um, behind the scenes in terms of how you're thinking and how you're reacting to it emotionally that happen before the physical body becomes where it is. The body is just a reflection of what's going on in the inside. So we start with the inside. We work with what's going on in the mind and what's going on in terms of its relationships with the emotion. And we start to pick that apart piece by piece and figure out, okay, where is it that I'm, I'm creating these stories or self-sabotaging and how can I make adjustments that are doable and attainable so that my body starts to reflect my new viewpoint on how my life can be healthy. Right, well put, well put. Uh, yeah, excellent, absolutely. Uh, I, I, again, I think that we have to approach this from, from kind of multiple angles in that sense. I also think that, you know, a lot of people have to learn to, to even really, really enjoy exercise. Um, uh, you know what? I've been I, I enjoy it, training. yeah. I've been personal training for six or seven years. I can't stand working out. I don't like it at all. Um, I, but, and you know, I have I to know, second that. I I like I like meeting up with people and going through the same torture with other people. But if I have to do it on my own, there's absolutely no way I'm going to do it. So I have a workout partner. If my workout partner doesn't show up, I don't work out. 
But for the most part, you know, if we can find a group of people to go through the journey together with or find a personal trainer that will help guide us through it, it's a much easier process. And then we're accountable. Right. I think the the other component – yeah, I do. I hate working out. I love uh, doing yoga. I love running. I love surfing. But I was one of those kids um, who was not – I grew up dancing, and I was not what I would consider an athlete – Um, or per Oklahoma standards, was definitely not an athlete. And it was very difficult for me to fit into that. And so all of the workouts were based on sports. And I I was not at all adept to sports. So for me, it was a very painful experience. But what I have found is that over the years, as I've learned to do an exercise correctly, and I start to see the results, and I start to notice that, this doesn't have to hurt or feel awkward because somebody has finally taken the time to teach me how to do it, then it, it's so much easier. And the reality is there are so many fun things to do out there in the world that you don't have to just work out at a gym. The best right. workout in the world comes on a playground. So you mm. go out and, and, as an adult, try to swing for five minutes, and it's really hard. Yeah. And, and it gets the heart rate up and, and tag and kickball and all of the things we love to do as kids that was pure pleasure play. It, we forget that we can still do it as an adult. So it doesn't have to be miserable experience at your local gym where there's everybody doing the exact same thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I, you know, absolutely. I, I think you guys bring up a, a great point that way because, you know, there are so many different variances to this or ways that you can approach it. And for some people, like, I, you know, when I work out, like I love going to a gym and I could work out for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, you know, four or five days a week. And, like, I love lifting weights and I hate doing cardio. And I know most people are probably not in my category. Like, to me, weightlifting is the easy stuff. The cardio is boring, and I don't like it as much. But I I would definitely agree with both of you in that sense that absolutely, I think, you know, any type of activity um, that you find fun and enjoyable also, and maybe even a little challenging at the same time, is uh, is a great way to exercise. And I think we shouldn't limit the uh, the viewpoint that we have to you know uh, only you know uh, one form of exercising or what's correct for one person may not be correct for somebody else. The more you can change up what you're doing, the better your body is going to be. Because what we want to do is keep the body guessing, you know, because even if we go to the gym, say we go to the gym all the time, three, four days a week, and we do the same routine over and over and over again, eventually your body gets used to this, and then you go to the gym and do the thing, and your body's going, okay, I can do this. I don't really have to pay attention. So the more that you can switch up what it is that you're doing, whether it be if you're lifting weights and you're changing the amount of weight or the number of repetitions or the angle or um, whatever, or you're switching it up and like, you know, last night in Fit Club, we went to the playground around the corner and we, you know, ran up and down the slide and, you know, just switch it. Um, Keep your body guessing so that it doesn't get comfortable in its own skin and you'll feel more alive because you'll have to pay more attention to what's going on below the neckline. You won't be all lost up in the head all the time. Right. Another benefit in that sense as well. I, I, I always say that exercise, uh, and I'll say this with, with ultimate humor, but exercise keeps me from killing people. And that's <laughs> not that I would ever actually kill anybody, but the fact that I 
when I do that, it, it releases testosterone. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it necessarily releases testosterone, but it, it, it burns out the energy that way that you have. If I'm irritable in any way about toward myself or anyone for that matter, and I work out, I'm a, it's cleaned. You know what I mean? I, I think I have a my theory is that if you if you rip the body down and rebuild it bit by bit um, throughout your life, then life is less likely to do that to you because you're consciously making a decision at some level to do it in a more productive kind of a way. Because I think we we have to be challenged at some level. And I, I certainly think exercise is is particularly challenging. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I actually took a uh, a yoga class uh, with, with Denny, and I know he was being really, really um, kind with me and keeping it tame. But, you know, here I'm, I'm kind of a pretty good-sized muscular guy, and I was a completely... Um, uh, it was a very painful workout for me to do yoga because I wasn't used to it in that sense. But I enjoyed it at some level also because it was so challenging in a completely different context, you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, let me let me ask you guys a couple more quick questions, and I'm going to take this uh, one of the calls here. I, I, I appreciate my caller's patience here. Um, I, I know uh, I, I want to ask these questions before we take callers in case we don't get to them. I know, um, uh, Wendy, you also are an author, so uh, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about your book? Yeah, the book is called The Accidental Yoga Teacher, and um, it came about because of my yoga classes, and I was going through a period much like many of the people in our Echo Fit Club right now are going through. And um, I was going through change, and I needed to be able to express what I was going through. But it also came from at the end of a – or beginning and end of a yoga class, the meditations would stem conversations or thoughts, and there was always more words than – what I had time to cover. And so it turned into a blog, and the blog turned into a book. And it, it really is, it's a lot about life, but it's also spirituality and, and going deeper into the, the roots and learning how to be yourself, how to love yourself, and how to be loved, which is a, a difficult thing for many, many people. Yeah, I think a lot of people a lot of people struggle with. I mean, I think all people do at some at some level, in different degrees, depending on the messages that you got when you were younger. Anyway, in that sense, and, and you know how much work you've done yeah. to kind of clear those, or whether you've done any work at all. You know, uh, some people have, and, and some people. Not. I think you know, uh, I think most people gain in some confidence with age. But uh, again, I think a lot of things are are very very rooted, and it's interesting uh, that you, you bring that up. In that sense, um, how uh, how can people get hold of your book? It is on Amazon.com, and it's called The Accidental oh. Yoga Teacher. Okay. And, and it's uh, also, I know also on my – oh, I'm sorry. It's also on my – you can access it on my blog, which is www.peaceinthecity.com. All right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Denny, you also uh, – you do some writing as well, I believe. Um, I do a little bit of writing, yeah. I've been writing for uh, a column for Echo Magazine since 2006, and that's a local magazine here in Phoenix. Um, it's a column on body, mind, and spirit. And, you know, basic conversations that happen, you know, people ask me questions and I ramble on about them and then I go home and I write them all down. 
Um, I talk a lot about um, the nutritional aspect of life, what food is versus what food isn't, because we have a really big myth about there about food. Um, so I try to allow people the opportunity to discover what food is by giving them a little bit of a guideline because grocery stores can be a little bit overwhelming as well. Um, we talk about mental health, mental well-being, um, lots of different things that come up in the columns. And right now uh, the columns are featuring the Echo Fit Club, um, and we have been featuring them since January of this year. And what it is, it's um, a 12-week program again, and um, the participants for the Fit Club are actually journaling their experiences, and we're giving them homework assignments to write about specific topics. And from the topics that they write about, uh, we get to pull information and create column and share with the readers of Echo their journey as we go along for the 12-week program. Sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, all right, I'm going to actually take this, this poor patient caller here that, <laughs> that's been waiting, and then I'll, I'll give everybody the, uh, the phone number as well, too, if you want to ask questions uh, of, of, of Denny and, and Wendy, um, uh, any questions at all that you have for them. We'll open that up. The phone number here is uh, 646-200-3966. You might have to dial a 1 before that. Again, that's 646-200-3966. Uh, you may also uh, ask questions in the chat room if you're in there, and I will relay that to to uh, Denny and, and Wendy as well. So let me get my first patient caller here. Let's see. Make sure I can get this on air. Okay, 480, you're on uh, Snake uh, Oil Radio. Hello? Hello. Hello. Who are we talking to today? Hi. Can you hear Am I on the air? Yes, you are. Oh, okay, sorry. Hi, I'm... Sorry, I know you've been waiting for a while. No, that's okay. I was just listening to... I'm actually working and listening at the same time, so... Um, gotcha. Yeah, I'm calling from Phoenix, Arizona, but... Okay. What was the location of this place that you're talking about? Did you, did you say 7th Street or 7th Avenue? I, I didn't. We're on 7th Avenue. Just south of Central or north of? Oh, just south of Camelback on 7th Avenue. Oh, Camelback. Okay. I kind of heard bits and pieces, so I didn't get to hear the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, I was just listening, and I was just on the line, and um, I don't know, do you do readings, or are you just discussing... Uh, I mean, if you have, yeah, t today I'm uh, today it's an interview show. If you have any any questions of of Danny or or Wendy, uh, no, not may very well no, be able to answer really. them. Okay. Okay. No, I was just mainly. All right. Yeah, call in uh, any of the other shows that I do. Yeah, we'll we'll open yeah. phone lines for personal okay. questions that way. Today, I want to kind of focus on on talking to both of them today since I, I don't often have them here. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Great. Thanks for calling Thanks. in. Okay, let me see if I can get that to work here. All right, there we go. Okay, all right. So, okay, let me throw that uh, call-in number back out, and then we'll continue on with our interview here. Again, if you have any uh, questions for uh, Wendy or Danny, you can call us here at 646-200-3966. Uh, we welcome any calls, any uh, questions you may have, uh, comments. Um, uh, yeah, I, whenever I do interview shows, I, I really do want to focus on on, on uh, the questions being uh, toward my guests as opposed to me. You guys can talk to me any other Thursday. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so I'm going to leave that number out if anybody calls in. Uh, we had a couple people here, but they jumped out. 
we'll 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 put you on. Uh, just give us a few minutes here from the middle of something, and uh, we'll get back to interview here. Okay, so um, all right. So how long have uh, how long has uh, Peaceful Roots been there? Peaceful Roots started in September of 2009, so we've gone about a year and a half now. Right. Um, Wendy and I were working down the street. Uh, actually, we're, we're just kind of almost next door to where a prior location of a different business was, and that business um, um, closed its doors, and so I decided that it was time to open doors, and basically everybody that was there came up here and continued on um, doing what we do. And, you know, really it's 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 a place for you know, people to come in and learn a little bit more about themselves. And um, that's also for the people that come in here to, to train or work or teach. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to kind of grow and develop. Sounds like, a, sounds like a good spot. Sounds like a good spot. You know, I, one of the things you had brought up before, um, and I'm sure uh, both of you would, would probably have some, some, some thought on this particular thing, is, you know, one of the things that I – uh, that I see very, very clearly is, is obviously a connection of the food that we put in the body and and how um, our bodies uh, physically are as well as the effect the food has on the body in that sense. I, I recently was, um, I met someone and I was chatting with him and he was about 34 and I had said something sort of off-key, um, uh, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm Sagittarius, who so often say things off-key. That's my nice way of saying I'm a big mouth. <laughs> And I said, I said that I, I really was uh, fascinated by people that were in their 30s and 40s or, or even 50s that were still able to eat fast food on a regular basis. And he immediately jumped in and he said to me, oh, I do all the time. And I know it's not good for you, but I love it. And I, it's, it's not even necessarily a judgment. I just found that very, very interesting that um, someone's body – would let them do that in their mid-30s. And, and, and the way I really mean that from personal experience, because when I was about, you know, 23 or so was when my body kind of started to tell me that it was not going to let me eat fast food anymore in that sense. And I won't get graphic about the results that reminded <laughs> me not to do this in that sense, but use your creative imagination. You know what I mean? So I, I just couldn't do it anymore. So it was almost something... I actually associated that in many ways with a certain level of enlightenment um, emotionally and psychologically as well, that the body was, was resisting, um, you know, crap in that sense. You know, and not that, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't claim sainthood, occasional, an occasional burger, although I'd, I'd probably have one in a nicer restaurant if I were going to do it or make uh, buy a good piece of organic meat myself if I were going to do that, or an occasional cheesecake or a milkshake. You know, believe me, I ain't wearing a I ain't wearing a food halo around my head in that sense. But <laughs> I tend, if I if I indulge, I tend to eat at least something that is kind of high end or quality in that respect. And I also think there's certainly a lot that goes into the energy behind someone making the food. So um, uh, so again, I was sort of fascinated to be talking to someone who was telling me that he, he ate this regular diet of fast food. And one thing that I notice is a lot of times when I talk to people that eat fast food on a regular basis, they often have um, a little bit of bad breath in that sense. So um, what are your thoughts on that for either of you or both of you? Well, I think well, it's just... 
Go ahead, Wendy. You go. Uh, well, what I was going to say, because I know I, I know how Benny's going to answer this, so I'm going to give a different <laughs> approach to it. Um, one of the the things that I am finding interesting about it right now, my own observation, is the absolute numbness that exists within people who have who continually to consciously allow that to be a part of their diet, and 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 it speaks to more than just the food they're eating, but everything that they're ingesting from Hmm. television to music um, to what they read. And um, I I, I can't speak to the bad breath, but I I know definitely there comes a point where you make a conscious decision to wake up. And when you do, things start to change. And food is definitely one of them. And fast food is a huge component of that. And if if weight loss is your goal, that is the absolute first thing that has to be cut out because of how unhealthy it is. And it's not real food. It's dead. And with that, that segues right into what Denny's about to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Food uh, Food is interesting. And it's interesting that you had mentioned, you know, when you were talking to this friend of yours about um, people in their 30s and 40s being able to eat this type of food, I'm shocked at people that are in their 30s and 40s that are willing to eat this type of food. Right. Really, you know, yeah. it's it amazes me that people don't understand where their food is coming from and they go about in such blindness thinking that somebody handing them something all wrapped up in a nice pretty package is actually something you should be putting in your body. And most of the times it's not. We go into a grocery store and we see 30 aisles and we think, oh, look at all of this food. This is all of this stuff. The food that exists is if you can pick it off of a tree or off of a vine or pull it out of the ground and put it in your mouth, that's food. Anything on top of that is processed junk, and it shouldn't really be going into your body. Awesome. Your mind your mind is really reactive to all of this. Um, somebody talked about, you know, the, the whole diet craze that we have in this country especially is about if it's labeled diet then they think that it's healthy which is completely untrue there's no such thing as a healthy soda you know soda in itself is not a healthy thing to be putting in your body i don't care if they call it diet or zero or whatever they're calling it it's still junk food and it's not something that should be going into your system and we sit there and we say we want to feel better we want to feel better we want to feel about better but we're not doing the things that will help us actually feel better and i'm not just talking physically i'm talking emotionally better mentally better in a place where the mind is in a chaotic whirlwind of chaos you know just zipping around from the past to the future from the past to the future obsessing about whatever little thing that comes in and we don't get to live life when our mind is in the past and the future because life exists in the present moment and in order to get into the present moment, you've got to clear out the toxins. Otherwise, your mind is just going to continue to be reactionary, pulling you away, pulling you away, pulling you away. And you miss out. And you wake up one day when you're 70 and going, gosh, you know, I've missed 70 years of my life. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's all, it really is all interconnected. Um, and I, I think certainly food is, is a good place for people to start. In that sense, I mean, you you know, you would probably, I would think most people would not let someone um, who was really, really mean or obnoxious uh, be their friend. But, you know, I also think the same logic would apply to putting kind of bad food into your body. 
in that sense as well. Um, you know, especially because, I mean, this is where, you know, I think that, again, I don't have to put a claim to sainthood. I think the difference between an apple pie that's made with, with fresh ingredients by someone who put love into that apple pie when they made it for you or, or, or a chef or someone that really cares about the quality of the food and, and, and what they're doing and that they do this well is a huge, huge difference between eating a, a packaged, um, uh, often um, fried um, chain uh, burger places um, apple pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, a, there's another there's another myth out there about um, eating healthy. People say all the time, you know, I can't afford to eat healthy because the prices are so much more. So they hold themselves back from going down that path of potentially buying healthier food because they think, oh, I can't eat this. But when you're eating healthier food, when you're eating whole grain food, your body doesn't actually need that much of it in order to sustain itself. What happens with all of this processed food is the machine is breaking down all of the food before it actually goes into your body. So it's already processed, it's already broken down, a lot of the nutrients have already been stripped out of it, so it goes into your system and it gets processed really quick. You get a sugar high and then you crash and then you're hungry again immediately. This is why we think we need to eat so much because we have this constant craving to fulfill something that's missing. When you're eating a whole grain or something that's very nutritious or something that's coming fresh from the vine, you need very little of it because when it goes into your system, your body has to do all of the work to break that down. So it stays in your system longer. You get all the nutrients from it. So your body feels more energetic. You actually feel more healthy. And you don't purchase that much of it compared to the amount um, that you're purchasing when you're buying processed foods. Right. Another big myth is time, that I don't have time to cook. And the reality is that it takes just as much time to put together a nutritious meal as it would to drive to the place, go through the line, drive home, or, or sit down and eat it there. It's the exact same amount of time. And when you're preparing at home, you can prepare enough that you have lunch for the next day, so you're actually saving yourself time and money because you're not going out to eat. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny you just said it because that, that's running through my mind because that's how, I mean, I, 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 eat, bre- I eat breakfast out um, once a week, in, and I'm very fussy about where I eat breakfast for that matter. And then maybe, you know, once or twice a month I might go to a nice restaurant and have dinner. But, you know, as a general rule, I, I cook pretty much, uh, you know, for myself all of the time. And I also... Um, I tend to go to the store about every um, three days to buy fresh food. And I think what a lot of people have done also is because they're busy and they're juggling a lot, I think sometimes they may be inclined to eat a lot of prepackaged crap in that sense because it's almost easier and they don't have the time to necessarily do it. But, you know, even like with with what Wendy's saying here, like, you know, even today for lunch, I I simply made pasta and I I used, you know, basically a a, a jar of sauce and then I, uh, of good sauce, but then I doctored it up. I added fresh onions, I cut up fresh tomatoes, I cut up fresh peppers, I put in a little bit of organic sausage and then I cooked pasta and I made enough of it so that was three meals. And it honestly probably took me all of, maybe 15, 20 minutes for that entire production. And that leaves me with three easily reheatable meals that are are actually really pretty healthy 
for the most part, and also uh, and, and 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 damn and damn good for that matter, also. Um, so I'm in complete agreement about that. I think people have gotten um, uh, they they you know a lot of times they they tell themselves they can't eat healthy because of cost and because of time. I wanted to also kind of add on to what Denny was saying is that in addition to it doesn't take as much to to nourish your body, the question becomes as well, what am I really feeding? Am I am I really feeding am I fueling my body, giving it the energy that it needs to function and function well? Or am I feeding an emotion? Am I feeding an empty space? Am I feeding a numbness? Am I feeding boredom? What am I really feeding when I'm putting something into my mouth? And that awareness alone can change tremendous amounts in an individual. And just getting really honest with why why am I putting this into my mouth? What do I need? What am I getting from it? Is it going to help me or is it going to hurt me? Right. Yeah, absolutely great point. Um, I think that, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing up some elements of, of, of where um, addictive behavior can come from as well, too, in relation to food and, and various other factors. Um, I, I know, you know, it's funny because I, you know, even uh, something like alcohol is an example. Going back... Um, to my, you know, late teens, early 20s, I think I was pretty much a typical, you know, 20-year-older uh, in, in that sense. Um, and I, I, I drank a little bit more to excess and, and partied a little heavier. But by the time I got into my, you know, mid-20s, that had, had uh, diminished dramatically. And now uh, that I'm in my 40s, and, and I was even this way in my 30s, I, I have a tendency also even with alcohol, if I go out, I'll have a drink, and then I'll probably have two bottled waters. And then I might, if I'm there long enough, might even have a second drink, followed again by another water. And it's very funny because people will often say to me, oh, Mr., you know, you're Mr. Health Nut. And, <laughs> and I always laugh that when I hear that because I, I actually, I do that because I, I can't physically take in a tremendous amount of alcohol in that sense. It makes me uncomfortable um, the next day even and, and while I'm doing it. A little bit of alcohol I like. But um, uh, I, I also, again, I know the psychological and emotional reason why people also drink to excess, which is also to mask fear in that sense. But I think that, you know, food has such a deeper meaning um, in, in some ways as well uh, in terms of why people often will reach for it um, in, in kind of unhealthy ways in that sense. Uh, do you guys, uh, have you, have you, do you find when you work with clients that some of these things come up um, when you're working with people in exercise and, and weight loss? Oh, yeah, absolutely, all the time. What we do is we have our anybody that's working with us, we make them um, do food journals. So, you know, it's another part of the writing process. But what they do is they start writing down everything that they're putting into their body. Now, this does a couple of things. On, the, on their level, it's giving them a sense of awareness of what they're actually putting into their system. And they might actually start thinking a little bit more or making better choices if they have to be accountable for what it is that they're putting into their system. They write down what the, the day, um, what meal it is, why they're eating, not just what they're eating. So they write down everything they're putting in, but why are they eating? Are they eating because it's hungry? Are 
they eating because it's breakfast time? Are they eating because they're bored? Are they eating because they're having an emotional reaction? How are they feeling before they start eating? Are they upset? Are they happy? Are they energetic? Are they low energy? Are they starving, you know? And then they start to write down things after they've eaten. Are they satisfied? Did they overeat? Were they aware of the fact that they were full? Um, Did they continue eating after they were aware of the fact that they were full? And they keep these journals, and they go, and they write them, and they bring them to us, and then we start working with them and say, okay, you know, here are some, some things that you could probably change that will you know, help yourself feel better. You know, remove these items that you're putting into your body. Add these items that you're missing from your diet and put them into your system and just keep writing and see where it takes you. Yeah, sounds like a a very good idea. I know a friend of mine back in August, um, she was, uh, I guess she was using Weight Watchers and a couple other things, but she started doing a food journal. And it's very funny because every time I, I eat with her, um, you know, she she sometimes goes with me my once a month, uh, once or twice a month trips to the local casino, and we go into uh, we eat. She has to write down everything that she eats in in really thorough detail in that sense. But I, you know, to her credit, she's lost 31 pounds since late August uh, already, and you can see the change that is not only that her physical body has gotten smaller in that sense, but there's a change at other levels. That I noticed, yeah. like the way her um, her skin is is uh, looking and glowing. She's eating more salad. She's eating more fresh fruit. She's eating more because they're lower points. So to her, it makes more sense to go that angle. But I'm clearly I could see the difference in her energy patterns as well too um, <laughs> that are that are coming from from this weight loss and sense. But she's pretty meticulous about this. Uh, so uh, you guys uh, obviously encourage people to to do a similar type of thing, but I think it goes even deeper because you're looking at um, uh, getting them to log the uh, emotional body state as well. Right. Oh, I've got someone in the chat room. Okay, hello, hello, Turo One in the chat room. There's uh, there's someone speaking in the chat room finally. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to continue on. We've got another uh, about 10 or 12 minutes of our interview here. I want to throw out the call-in number uh, if you would like to ask uh, uh, Denny or Wendy a personal question about uh, anything relating to what they do. Please call us here at 646-200-3966. Again, that number is 646-200-3966, and I could probably... Uh, get in maybe one more caller before we finish up for the day. Okay, so while we uh, see if anyone wants to call in, I want to continue on with our uh, conversation here in that sense. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I think you both have, have brought up, and also obviously this is a big part of the work that you're doing is uh, even from the title of of your um, of your, your your studio is, is Peaceful Roots. Um and uh, I think, um, you know, I'd like to hear, you know, both of your perspectives on the idea of, of um, health and wellness and uh, the connection between that coming from your roots. Uh, does that question make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So take it away. Um, okay. So in terms of health and wellness, right, and where it's coming from, I, we can imagine that our mind and um, our emotions stem from the mind and our body stems from the emotional mind connection. You know, it's just a, a layer upon layer upon layer. So in terms of 
what it means to be well or feel wellness at the root level, we can imagine that, um, say we planted um, a seed of negative behavior, and maybe that seed is, um, I'm fat. Okay, so somebody once upon a time when we were six years old said, oh, you're getting kind of chubby, and we took that into our head, and forevermore we are destined to think of ourselves as fat. So every time, you know, we look in the mirror, we plant under the seed because we think, oh, I'm fat. So what happens is that fat, I'm fat seed goes into the head, and then it manifests, it starts to grow. You know, we've got a nice fertile soil of cultivating I'm fat seeds because we've been doing it for so long, so they grow into trees. And then these trees get really big, and they produce thousands of fruit. Well, these thousands of fruit have hundreds of seeds inside of them. And then if we don't prune that, all of those seeds fall to the ground, go back into the soil that's really fertile, and continue to grow these massive trees that produce these thousands of fruit that drop the fruit into the soil, which grow thousands of trees. So we end up down this spiral of misconception about what our body is. You know, our bodies are interesting because they, they're constantly changing, and our mind is so quick to hold on to one idea and say that I am fat and then I am fat for the rest of my life. Okay, what happens is we, we're not allowing ourselves to move through a change because we've got so much seeds being produced of the same thing. So what we look to do is find the root. Okay, the root would be this negative thinking pattern on, in the mind about how we think ourselves to be fat. And we start to observe the cycle. So whenever those thoughts or emotions start to come into the body, we have a tool, like maybe we'll sit and meditate and say, okay, here comes this thought or emotion. I know that it's not true. My body is a constantly changing um, vehicle and that I can now disconnect the thought and the emotion and the reaction, which for somebody that's obese is probably going to grab something else to eat that's unhealthy for their body. So it's breaking the cycle at the root level. And then when we finally break the cycle, we take the roots out and we get rid of them and then we start planting new seeds. These are the affirmations or the positive things that are the opposite. So what we can say instead of, you know, repeating to ourselves, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, is... I am healthy and changing into a healthier body. I am a healthier person changing into a healthier body. We want to put it in the positive and the affirmative and something that's going to bring us something healthier in the future, not more negative coming down in the future. And this is what it is to remove the root. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I think you, you you put that very well. Uh, you know, really, uh, a, a lot of times, I, I you know, one of the things that I always try to uh, talk with my clients and, and people about is also that a lot of times the beliefs that we have are they're invisible from the sense that we don't question them as whether they're 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 valid anymore in that sense. Um, I think that you know, for instance, if you grew up in a family and you're a female and you were told that, well, repeatedly you heard over and over again, well, in our family the women have a tendency to gain weight. Um, we just, you know, we just always pack on weight. It's just how things are. Um, I think, again, really at, at a root that's a belief um, because someone in the family might challenge that and make a decision that they're not going to necessarily live that way in that sense. Although, again, I think in many cases – you know, when I bring up the idea that a belief is invisible, it's actually not invisible because it runs through your head all the time in that sense, but you often accept it as a fact of reality. 
Um, and that's where affirmations can, can, I think, shift things around. Because, you know, if you were raised and told that, oh, you're just one of those type of people that no matter what you do, you can eat whatever you want, you never gain any weight, and that sense you'll never be fat, and you heard that repeatedly, uh, some part of you would probably believe that as well, too, and, and, and manifest that type of a reality uh, in that respect. But that's why I think it really is important when people are, are looking at weight loss and, and getting healthier uh, physically that they, again, they take kind of a multi-pronged approach to doing this because the results are often uh, far more powerful. You know, a lot of times you'll see these with these weight loss shows on television, I'll, I'll catch, you know, like the biggest loser and things like that, and someone will drop, you know, 100 pounds. Um, it's sad, but I, I'm not sure what the exact statistics are, but often within a year or two, many of these people gain the weight back. Um, any any thoughts on that? Well, I think um, the one thing that I would hope everybody listening today walks away with is the knowledge that there's not a single solitary person out there that's broken. Most of us have, we all have this beautiful essence, and you could consider it like Buddhism calls it the, the lotus jewel, the lotus flower. And this jewel is just covered in layer upon layer upon layer of, of false beliefs of the you're not worthy, you're not good enough messages that come in a thousand different packages. And it's just a, it's a process of starting to clean off those layers and, and not believing the, those lies anymore to say, I, I am perfect, I am this, this authentic being that came here with a unique expression of love to experience this life. And how I express that is, is my own being, but I am worthy enough. And I do deserve love, and I can love other people. And and I think at the, the core of it, when we get down to that place, the weight loss becomes a secondary issue um, because we, we start treating ourselves and everybody around us different. And when we change that that core belief system, we start polishing off that, that inner jewel, we give other people permission to do that for us as well. And and whatever we are thinking, thoughts become energy. Whatever we're thinking, we're giving that energy and permission for everybody around us to treat us exactly as we're thinking. So as we shift it, like Denny was saying, it shifts everything around us, which is, some people would say, miraculous. Right. But, and also really, in essence, um, good news, I think, for, for most people to hear. I like to remind people of this, too. You know, really, I think probably 99% of the, the things we, we have in our lives we could theoretically change and, and recreate if we wanted to in that sense. Um, certain things, I mean, it, it, you probably couldn't grow another arm back if you lost it in that sense, um, even though I guess in theory you, you might even be able to do that as well too. But I think that, you know, uh, the good news and everything is that you, you can change your beliefs, you can change your experience, you can change your reality in that sense. But I, I think you absolutely have to become aware of what they are in that sense in the first place and also to be aware that um, you do then also have the ability to shift your thinking around as well uh, in that respect. Um, and uh, there, there is multiple doing 
I agree with you. The awareness is, is really critical. There is there is something that happens, though. Whatever we are putting our attention on is what is going to direct more energy to it. So if our attention is on fixing ourselves rather than focusing on our strengths and and the the good stuff in our lives, we're going to continue to get more of whatever we're directing that attention to. And so awareness is, is really critical being aware of it and and retelling that story and continually going through that loop is not healthy. Being aware of it and saying, okay, great, but here is the core of who I am and here are my strengths and I'm going to focus on that and continue to build that and bring more energy and, and spotlight to that. The change is significantly more positive and much more rapid. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, great thought. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna begin to wrap this up in about two or three minutes here. Believe it or not, our hour is almost at an end here. So I'd like uh, both of you, you know, uh, Denny and Wendy. Is there anything else you want to throw out real quick? And then also do please one more uh, shameless uh, plug before you guys go. Well, we're both uh, personal trainers and yoga teachers, and we're both available um, for consultation. But it's a pleasure speaking to you and and the opportunity to get to share these views with your listeners. It's been a wonderful experience. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. Great. great, great, uh, I appreciate all your insight. And Denny? Um, Yeah, you know, yeah, um, just thanking you again. And just to remind people, you know, it's okay to feel good and it's okay to feel happy. And if you want that as part of your life, then you have to practice going there. Because if you're not feeling good and you're not feeling happy, you're you're comfortable in that space. And it takes a bit of practice to move your energy and shift it towards a place of feeling good and feeling happy. So practice going to those places. Practice thinking things that are happy. Practice feeling good, and you will start to live that life, and then the feeling bad stuff will be a blip that comes by every once in a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, great idea and great thought. Really, I I think you both bring up a a great point that way because I think you, you have to work hard at being unhappy. And if you're doing that anyway, why not work um, hard at being happy? Although I find actually that that working at being happy isn't really necessarily hard in that sense. And it's so not think, necessarily work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It can be fun. You know, I'm constantly, you know, people, you know, one of the things that I see with a lot of people around me as of late, certainly a lot of the clients I've talked to, a lot of people are wanting to change jobs and shift what, shift what they do and, you know, I, I keep trying to get people in touch with the idea that it's really about finding what you love. And it sounds like such a new age cliche, but it, it really is not. Um, I, I'm a, a radio show host. I'm an author. I'm a counselor. I'm a teacher. And, you know, I will tell you, I did all of those things as a child. I used to do record my own radio shows on tapes when I was and I used to make little uh, comic books and books and, and, and photocopy them. I used to counsel people even 10, 20 years older than me, even when I was you know, nine years old. It just was something I was able to do. So 
when I found my calling, it was what I already was and that I enjoyed and I loved. And I, I certainly think, you know, the same dynamic can be in relation to, the, to even having a, a healthy, strong, beautiful body, whatever condition your body is in. So on that note, um, we're uh, running low on time here. I want to thank uh, both of my guests, uh, Danny and Wendy, uh, for, for, for their input today. Um, if you're local here in Phoenix, uh, check out uh, their studio. Um, it sounds like a great uh, some the great things are going on there, and uh, you know check out their blogs and their their web pages as well too. I'm sure you can get all kinds of uh, helpful insight, even if you're not locally here in Phoenix from from either of them in that sense, as well as uh, uh, Wendy's book and I'm sure other things that Denny has done. So again, thank you both again for being here. Uh, thank I you. will be. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, guys. I will be back here um, next Thursday. Uh, just so you guys know, you know, when I when I take personal questions, I, I tend to do those more on the uh, third and the fourth show of the month. So we'll be back here again uh, next week. Thank you, everybody who called in or has been in the guest room or commented. Tara, one great seeing you again as always, and we'll hopefully see you next time. All right, uh, Snake Oil signing out. Until next time, uh, have a great day. Okay. All right. We're we're not no longer streaming. All right. Okay. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Be well. All right. Have a great one, buddy. Hello. It is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.